knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. This is Black Prophetic Fire, the podcast where race, religion, sexuality and the political come together. I'm your host, Joel Robinson-Brown, a black, queer writer, thinker and preacher of the gospel. Listen in for honest, raw and meaningful conversation. I'm joined in this very first conversation with Melissa Jeffrey. Melissa is a graduate in creative writing, a civil servant and a writer. She also happens to be my closest and oldest friend. So Mel, I was thinking we've been in this period of lockdown and many things have happened. We've seen the president of the US continuing to act as though his words and actions don't matter. We've seen the unfathomable death toll that COVID has caused. We've seen the devastation of Beirut last month and the continued famine in Yemen. But in the middle of this lockdown period, you and I both found ourselves at the Black Lives Matter protests in London not all that long ago. Um, Tell me a bit about what that felt like and what drew you there. I mean, where do I begin? It's just, how could I have not been there? It's, it's, it's. You know, people talk about being on the right side of history and whatnot. And I just felt for myself, like, in fact, it wasn't even really about that. Like, how can I not go? I am, I mean, I'm not, people that are black had their reasons for not going. And I completely understand that. Like, it's not for us to do the work. But I just felt it was so important for me to go and to be there and for my voice to be heard and I think it was really really nice to see loads of I mean sad in a way that generations are still marching through their own freedom and their own rights in in my lifetime anyway but it really was nice to see multi-generations come together Mm. and be like nah we matter say something literally enough yeah, right. like, enough is enough, but I don't know about anybody else, but I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I hear that. I hear that completely. And the whole kind of George Floyd thing, I think, of seeing that again was for lots of us perhaps not that surprising. We've seen that before. But the thing that was different about this time, it seemed, was that people were paying a bit more attention. Well, they had to kind of pay attention. Where were we going? Exactly. Where were we going? We weren't going anywhere. Whereas before, I think it's kind of easy to tune yourself out from it. What lockdown has done has, it's not as if there's an increase in bad things happening in the world, but people don't have that focus. It's not like they can just, oh, I'm go- well, they can now, but at that time it's not like, oh, well, I can just go to gym. Oh, I can just be ignorant with my friends. Like, you know, quite a lot of us do. Cool. Instead, it was like day after day in your news feeds, on the news, at work, via computer internet connection however you're doing your wet scenes but it's just like every day like i said previously i am tired of Mm. 
Me, I'm tired. I'm tired. What more can I say? I can't say anything else. I can't do anything else. I just want to sleep. In the words of Gemma Collins, I just want to be made. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Our lives so often seem like just dispensable. And there's a level to which this isn't new for us. Mm. Um, but what did it feel like? Like We found ourselves at the front of that protest, do you remember? On Victoria By Street. Mistake, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> By mistake. Literally, just yeah. there. Because the way that, for those of you that weren't there or didn't attend, when they were doing the protest, literally we'd get somewhere, somebody with a microphone would say, oh yeah, new. And so... <laughs> it was constant kneeling. So they did the, um, so they did the kneel thing and, you know... Take the knee, take the knee. Take the knee. Ah, kneel, same thing now. And so people kneeled, we kneeled too, before I get hate mail, being like, oh, you're disrespectful. I kneeled on many occasions. And then there was just this gap for when traffic went through. So by the time the roads were now open up again, it was me, you, and um, my partner. <laughs> it was me, you, and my partner were at the front of it, and I'm just seeing cameras. So God knows where my picture is now. I know. Please, I hope that God is merciful and somebody hasn't taken that to a shrine. With fists in the air. It was a powerful moment. I loved it. I How loved do you it. deal with, like your anger and your rage though. So you go to a protest and we do all of that, come back home and then like, I don't know, a few months after the Jacob Blake situation happens, <sighs> Brianna Taylor still hasn't got justice. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? I don't know. I don't think I have an answer to that. I really Fair. don't know. It has been extraordinarily difficult. Mm. I, I don't think I know a person that has not been uh, um, specifically black people that have not been affected by this yeah and it's just like with jacob blake how much more rage do we have mm. how much more, like what else can we do mm. like i had to put a thing on instagram because i knew what was going to happen i knew people were going to be inboxing me or you know oh mel what books can we read so we're not racist Oh, Mel, why is it cultural appropriation? Oh, Mel, you know, if he was innocent, you know, he should have just... Like, I don't want to hear... I don't want to hear that. No. And it, it, it seems as if whenever there's black tragedy, they just want black voices to consistently be out there and speaking. Because, again, there's this whole myth that black people are stronger than other people mm. and even mentally stronger than other people. Our mental health issues either goes to danger or non-existent. Yeah. And I think they're not taking into account the fact that not only are we dealing with a lifetime of rage, a lifetime of suppression and oppression and microaggressions and policing and politicising, you want us to now share our pain even more mm. to inform you. Bitch, where have you been? Mm. Where have mm. you actually mm. been? The internet is a free resource. Yeah. Like, you have enough time to go and be putting things for, that kids are making in sweatshops, but you don't have enough time to read an article. Instead, it's me that you want to now come to. So I had to put a thing on Instagram and be like, I am not making any comment on this. It's enough. I'm not sharing anything. Like I have only just got yeah. back to the point, like I only recently finished therapy. I've only just got back to the point where I'm starting to feel like myself again. Mm. And I can already feel that unraveling. Sure. Just, just by virtue of seeing everything of again. Of course. 
but now you want me to share stuff with you. Now you want me to give my two pets. It's like trauma porn, right? It is trauma <laughs> porn. Like, what do you get out of watching this for? Like, the thing is, I understand that if these things were not filmed, then even if we were saying this, mm. like, people cannot deny this is what's happened. Of course. Which is why, yes, there is a need, I guess, for it to be filmed, but I don't have to watch it. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to watch it. I can't watch it. Like, the men in my family are black. Mm. My friends are black. Mm. The people that I work with and work for are black. This isn't theory for you. Exactly. This isn't theory. This isn't, ooh, let me see this now. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people out there are, through all this trauma and stuff, are live in some coagular fantasy now mm. if you've watched get out you'd know what coagular is all about <laughs> but that is literally what it feels like let me look at pain through the black lens yep. oh what's it like oh my god you feel like this wow yeah i yeah. totally can't believe that like i'm i'm, I'm, I'm over it I'm over i was it. thinking though like um maybe three or four days ago max mm. chadwick boseman died oh. and what do you think like the effect of having a black man who held that kind of space for black people dying in the middle of this pandemic like what does that do to people i think his death would have done something anyway but i think in the middle of this pandemic and just right after jacob blake and like you said we're still calling for Breonna taylor's killers mm. like for everything that they have said about everybody that got shot for every black man that they've said oh he's got a record he's done this he's and i know it's not the similar circumstances but it's just like he was a good one mm. and like my nephew loves black panther mm. rinses black panther and that was the first time he'd seen a superhero that looked like his dad that yeah. he could grow up to become that looked like his uncles like I went to the premiere, well not the premiere because I, I'm I'm in nobody, but I went to like the opening night at um, Westfield. It was me and a group of um, melanated sisters. It was the most, oh, I can't, I can't even put into words how beautiful that moment is. Mm -hmm. When people were there in Agbada, people were there in Daishikis, even though I don't even use that term. People were there in their kente. People were there like so unapologetically black. And it wasn't we're unapologetically black to protest about something. We're unapologetically black to celebrate something. Yeah. yeah. And like no matter what anybody says about the film, no matter what anybody says, they cannot take away that moment from people. It was it, very powerful. It was extremely powerful I, I get teary thinking about it like I know. It, was, it was beautiful and i think to lose somebody that kind of figureheaded mm. and spearheaded this this wasn't i mean i know he was playing an african superhero but this was an african superhero this was a black story told by black people mm. acted by black people of course written i think don't kill me <laughs> but directed by black people you had black people doing the costumes yeah. that actually went back to africa not didn't it is an african interpretation and don't get me wrong there are things that are problematic about it but you know i think that's just me in my african privilege being like okay so you're using cbd do you know what that means <laughs> i need to stop that i need to stop that you nonsense. people think you know what africa is like oh. yeah 
but, yeah, because I need to stop that because A, it's not their fault no, at all that no. they were ripped away from their culture. So I get to them, Africa is just one big thing. Mm. It's diverse, but it's just like one big thing. When you actually look like Nigeria is is huge. Sure. And sure. you can just literally walk from one end of the country to the other end of the country and you've got how many different languages, how many different people, how many different customs. And I understand like if you haven't been raised in that environment or you haven't been raised having that connection to it, you're just going to see it all. When it comes to fantasy, yeah. you can kind of Yeah, go. you can kind of. So you know what? I can't even be too mad at certain elements. Fair, so, fair. Yeah. But it was beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> one of your favourite writers is Roxane Gay. And one of the things she says in Bad Feminist is, it's hard not to feel humorless as a woman and a feminist. To recognise misogyny in so many forms, some great and some small, I know you're not imagining things. It's hard to be told to lighten up, because if you lighten up any more, you're going to float the fuck away. Mm. The problem is not that one of these things is happening, it's that they are all happening concurrently and constantly. And I just wondered, as a black woman... Mm -hmm what your experience of navigating the world is like? It's long. I bet. <laughs> it's long, man. I, I, I mean, there's no other way that I can articulate it. It is long. I think on the feminist front, eh. mm. <laughs> Now, I would describe myself as a femi sure. feminist. Do I um, ascribe to white feminist ideals? Hell no. Because I think they dis count so much of what is integral to women who are not white mm. as part of their culture mm. and i think they see well you know this is the norm for us this should be the norm for every woman but it's it's not sure and i feel like when you are not a white woman everything you're, you're like you're other mm. you're not when when things are marketed to women it's not marketed to all women is marketed to white women let's be real mm. even when it comes to hair products it's not for my hair <laughs> the way my hair has suffered wow has wow. suffered of it's... thinking oh you know i can be like the l'oreal girls because i'm worth it <laughs> now nah, babes you're not <laughs> you're not a <laughs> oh, God. You, you you can't be yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like i feel even for like muslim women I feel like people aren't taking in their experiences. Mm. They always want to come and view something that, um, what's the way? Because I think for them, in cultures like, our, like it, it, I'll speak about Nigerian culture. Nigerian culture is very patriarchal. Mm. Like wherever your dad's from, that's where you're from. Your dad could have absolutely nothing to do with you and nothing to do with your input. You are your father's child, wow. always. And I think that when you have been raised in a culture that is like that, you are raised with certain kind of patriarchal and misogynistic views. Mm. You really are. like, mm. And it, you have to unlearn them. And I don't think that um, white feminists actually take that to account. I think they just look at everything within the culture that you've been raised in is though that's wrong that's wrong women should have this women should have that women should. and it's like no, but you don't understand we can't navigate it the way that you do because they're centered in everything right yeah, as well like, they just exactly have that. everything has to be about them yeah. my god which is my god everything has to be about them you can't even say black girl magic well why not white girl magic because everything is about you uh, 
Because everything is white girl magic. Why can't we just have something for ourselves? I agree. And I think that this is what Muslim women that are not white are saying. This mm. is what Asian women are saying. Like our experiences, yes, we are all women and that makes us, you know, equal. Sure. But my experience as a British-born Asian woman is not going to be the same as a, 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 a woman born in India, born in China, mm. born in Japan, for example. There's different cultural norms. There's different things there. So my experience of womanhood is going to be different. And mm. I feel like what white feminism does is completely erase the fact that there are differences and say, well, we're living like this, so why aren't you? Sure. Why are you wearing the hijab? It's oppressive. Not knowing that a lot of women have a lot of freedom mm. with the hijab. When I went to Turkey, the difference between me wearing the hijab, because <laughs> I, I had to, I had to. It got to a point where I was just like, you know what? Because men are disgusting. So I actually just had to wear the hijab. The freedom Preach. that I felt wearing that I could, and, and yeah, as much as it was so that men would leave me alone, mm. I felt like I I can just be me. Sure. I'm sure. not having to worry about my hair. I'm not having to worry about all of this external nonsense. Mm. I can come to conversations as myself. I can talk to people as myself because mm. there's no hair to distract them. There's no clothes to distract them. Um, it's not saying that, you know... I, I didn't make an effort because you can make an effort and still look modest but I'm saying for me the difference between I, I finally understood like a lot of uh, as much as I advocate for it I finally understood a lot of my friends that wear the hijab yeah. when they were like no you don't understand like how free from being in their culture and actually getting to experience it yourself it you managed to the difference to see. difference I quite very clear wow very clear <laughs> I ramble apologies it's fine I was thinking about so that's the experience of a culture board, and I was thinking about the fact that you and I, as two black people, have very different experiences. Are we black? Yeah, surprise, surprise. Oh. To those who can't see, we are two very proud black people. Yeah, we would have been awkward if we said all of this and it turned out we were white. Could you imagine? <laughs> that is not what's happening. But <laughs> you have a knowledge and experience of Africa, West Africa in particular. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in... Um, what Nigeria is to you now, you know, what does it evoke in your memory? I've been having some serious nostalgia for Nigeria. That's so interesting. Serious nostalgia for Nigeria, but it's just, it's complicated. Because as much as it's home, it's mm. not. And as much as over here is home, it's also not, especially in this climate now. Yeah. Especially in this climate. So you're kind of stateless? mentally in, one... in, in, in a way yeah it's kind of stateless because when I go over to Nigeria it's oh you're English and over here I certainly am not English yeah not until I do something that you know evokes pride and then it's British born mm, British on a suit you but <laughs> this is yeah that's that's kind of how I feel it's kind of like a it's kind of like that because I'm not gonna lie sometimes I'm Nigerian when it suits me to be Nigerian that's like a lot of us though. Yeah, like when I'm not that it's going to benefit me. I think my choice of words are a bit clumsy. But, but when it benefits me, like if I need to go to Peckham and buy something and I know that uncle, you know, I'm not an ugly girl. And I wow. know <laughs> the accent comes, oh, hello uncle, yes sir. 
You did once get us a free rickshaw ride to Soho yes, because the guy that was yes. driving the rickshaw was a Nigerian. Yes. And I remember. Yeah. Yes, I'm not stupid. Small, I'm, small pigeon English. Small, small pigeon. I said, oh, hello, uncle. <laughs> oh, where are you from? You're Nigerian. Oh, me too. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, so where in Nigeria? Abuja. Wow. Yeah, you okay. see? You see? Yeah, see? But this is the thing about being in, in the UK together, whereas we're seen as like, we're, we're seen as black people here. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how you relate, to wherever we might consider home if you wanted to is very different mm-hmm. i only have an experience of north africa which is obviously where i'm not originally from no not at all but <laughs> as a as a british born jamaican mm-hmm. i have this other country mm-hmm. in between africa and here mm-hmm. which adds a lot to how i understand myself i get that but you know i think oh i was talking to somebody about this and he was just saying that as much as you know we know about slavery and we know that we came from africa like it, it's not a secret we know well some people have you some think, people are still discovering this you are the descendants of those who took us but that's a long story yeah, but they're not though they're not though some of them no no be real be real be real your average racist on the street Is ancestors never own slaves and this is why they are so vexed. But they're still benefiting from these systems that But how, how are they benefiting, though? Many are. Maybe because you don't work where I work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't... I, these people, Whiteness is a benefit in this society. Well, of, course, of course, whiteness is so a benefit. So by default, being white and yeah. racist, you're benefiting from... Yeah, but you're not really. Because really, with all of that privilege you have, this is what you've amounted to. Well, you're yeah, washed. you want to look at it so you're, you're, you're washed. spiritually, even. This is what you amounted to. You could have, but th- this is what I'm You're saying. washed, but if Fibo come on us, if it, and we're in the middle of something, yes, then we but, know where it's going to go. Okay, but think about it this way. Mm. In communities where there are not black people, yeah. the lower working class white people are going through the exact same thing. Maybe because there is an absence the of exact colour. Same. The same way that profiling by the police yes non-investment in those communities hence why those communities the only difference is the media or whatever can put a a, a colored face mm. to blame for that there are moments when our oppression coincides in terms of being under the same kind of thing it's they true. do but you know what was my point my point was that most of these run of the mill races haven't benefited from slavery. Well, I'm not saying they haven't benefited from. How have we gone from, from Africa to this? I don't know. If there was a point. <laughs> oh wow. No, but what I'm saying is most of these people did not. Oh, they are not from slave owning families. Okay. Okay. It doesn't benefit them because what? Okay, so your your average racist down the streets knows that you were enslaved. How does it make a difference to their life? It's just like. There was a point that I was making. Okay, the point that I am making is <laughs> the wealth from slavery. Yes. Although it has benefited the country, yeah. really, it's benefited those families that yeah, are still okay, in okay. control and institutions now. as well. Institutions, yeah. exactly. But who are those institutions in the hands of? Yeah, and who benefits the most from those institutions? Not working class. White it people. is a certain class demographic of people that would rather people not remember slavery and not discuss slavery mm. because it makes them look bad. Are those institutions inherently racist? Hell yes. Are those people perpetuating class and, and, and race and gender bias? Yes. All of that. 
All of that. We can agree on that. Exactly, exactly. Maybe the way that I was wording it and the way that I was coming around to it was a bit convoluted, but there was a point. See, now, this is why I invited her. That's to, to you. Be. I know, I wanted to know what, what oh, Nigeria you. evoked in your memory. And yeah, all of Nigeria that. is lit. It's but lit. in your memory, when you think about it, are there. Nice. God, yeah. are there smells? Are there. Oh. Like, yes. sounds? Like, because oh. I, when I think of, like, when I smell diesel. Yeah. As you said, gasoline. Kerosene. Kerosene, Kerosene. same thing. I think of like Jamaica mm -hmm. or even Thailand actually. Mm -hmm. um, are there smells or sounds or things that even open, here yeah. you think open of Open flames, literally. You just need to go to Woolwich after a very, very, very hot day. And no word of a lie is mushy. If you don't know mushy is in Lagos, it is literally mushy. Wow. The smells because somebody somewhere has roasted plantain somebody <laughs> probably on the roadside in village actually is like that surprise me it's true but like if if i hear car horns if it's hot mm. and oh yeah you even said something to me once about like the lights yeah the lights like like I said, in Woolwich, it works very, very well in Woolwich. Maybe because there's waterside near there, but in Woolwich, it works very well. If you look up at the traffic lights, you can see, like, the mosquitoes and stuff. Love it. And I swear, me and my partner, ooh, went to Woolwich desk <laughs> one night. And I stepped off and I was like, oh my God, I'm in Lagos, That's where I was raised. I was like, oh my gosh, Love I'm it. home. All the people around there. The Tadbo, Ade, Weju, all of them, Wemisola, all of them were wow. there. I don't know those people, but they exist in Woolwich somewhere. <laughs> I, I often think if more of London felt like Woolwich, it would be cool. Not the whole of it. Yeah, thank you. But more of it. <laughs> I was going to say, I, d I don't know about I've just moved from a place where I couldn't get plantain for under £1.20 oh, to a place where I can actually get four for a pound. Oh, so, you know, we yeah. thank God for... Yeah. There's an uncle in Lewisham yeah, that sells plantain, so if you're in this area, go to him. No the uncle in Lewisham. Lewisham. Okay, if you, if you people are in Lewisham, um, in the market, which is not a market, but when you go to Lewisham, there's an uncle, he plays reggae music, and he sells our food. Patronise the man! Amen. Yes. You know what I was thinking about again? I don't know. Well, our what? friendship, plantain is at the centre of our friendship, oh, Lord, along no, with no, other things. You don't. <laughs> is it going where I think it's going? It's not. Okay. Our friendship and our honesty and our connection, our Hells. love, all of that. Hells. It's actually quite radical in a world and context that says that on one level, we shouldn't be friends. Why? Well, you, you come from a Pentecostal Nigerian household. I come from a Jamaican Wesleyan household. Yeah. I'm black, openly gay, I'm ordained. You're engaged. Like, oh, our yeah. experience of church and culture says that this shouldn't be a thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Or am I wrong? Well, I knew you before I knew you were any of those things. and I knew You knew you... me before you knew I was a Jamaican? Yeah, no, like, we were friends. <laughs> We've been friends since we were three. Did I know you were Jamaican? Did I know what Jamaica was? I thought your mum would have been like, oh yeah, that boy. No, my mum was born in Chiswick. She's not like that. No, but before we knew any of those things that would make this That's difficult, true. That's we, true. We, we, we were three. So if mm. I was coming to you and was like, ah, oh, yes, in the future you'll be gay. <laughs> Cannot be your friends. That'd be very troubling. No. Hmm. Like what I did. did but I friendship is a choice on another level. But like as we grow up mm -hmm. and get older mm -hmm. and have done, there could have been things where you or points where you were like, 
It's like coming out to you, for example. Uh-huh. That day doesn't involve camping. I knew we come back here. Yeah, literally. Yes. <laughs> we have landed mm. at last. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say what, that. Landed? We have landed. Oh, oh God, okay. We won't yeah. go there. Yeah, please. But <laughs> yes. I was not fine planted. You were fine uh-huh. in your house. I was. And what happened? I called you. I was very hungover, by the way. Because she's a drunkard. Uh, I was <laughs> underage drinking is not good. God, it's, it's not, not good. So I was frying and baking to get over my hangover. And Gerald rings me and he's like, Melissa. <laughs> okay, does that? Uh, <laughs> he's like, Melissa, you never understand this thing. I said, uh uh-uh. uh, what's the matter? You're scaring me, you know? And he said, Melissa. I think I'm a gay. I said, <laughs> gay? <laughs> what do you that, mean? That is not how it went down. No, no it is though. It is. In, 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 in. In short in, terms. Yeah, in dramatic terms. But I mean, at that point, were you not like, oh my gosh, I'm a Christian? Yeah. Don't you remember I, I said to you, but Jarrell, I'm a Christian. <laughs> and Jarrell, you are a Christian. What do you mean by gay? I how many that, people have been asked that question? What do you mean by gay? Like literally define it. Yeah, Define it. I think I think because for um, Africans, oh. we want to understand what do you mean by gay? Like because I had to spell it out for you. Yeah, because what we d- d- kind what, of well, not really because I was like, so you know, this classmate of ours, I find him really hot. Ugh, well, that was not news, but <laughs> <laughs> I but talk but talk to me about like how did that feel in terms of it know, was you have your yeah. principles and your understandings of what it means to be a man and also black and also christian and then these things come together right okay i think because i didn't have a stable black male figure in fact male figure in Mm. my life period i didn't mm, i don't want to say that men didn't play that much of a focal point in my life they really didn't they were there and they were not there. If, if they were there, we thank God. If they're not there, we still thank God. But, like, it didn't really... So, taking that, I think my thing wasn't about the masculinity thing. My thing was solely, but you're a Christian. And mm. I'm a Christian. What do you mean by gay? And I remember saying to you, when I was like... So, I was still coming to terms with it. And I was thinking about all the things, all the problematic things we could do. I was yes. like, oh, we go go shopping. Hey, I'm gonna drag your ass to pride. And then which I thought about it again, which I did. It was a terrible experience. I won't even get into that. And then I had another thought where I was like, but I can't accept this because God, through pastors, have always told me this is wrong. And he wants to be a priest. Wow. My he, can't, he, he can't do this. He can't do this. And. <laughs> And then I went back in my mind and I was like, Melissa, check yourself. <laughs> like, A, you knew for a fact that he was gay. You knew this for the longest time. So stop it. And that did not stop you from being his friend. How Has he killed anybody? What has he... He hasn't done anything mm. except confirm something that you already knew. Mm. How does this make mm. a difference into the way that he, he he's loves God? And he has served God and still continues to serve God. Mm. Like your whole thing is, how can you reconcile with this because he's a Christian? He always has been a Christian, just like he has always been gay. 
So what's your own business? Why are you taking Panadol for his own headache? Stop it. Stop it. And I think that was the day that I made the decision that I will fight for my best friend. Oh. No matter what. If anybody listen, nobody can say bim about you without me saying something. <laughs> Even if they're like, Oh, how's Jarrell? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, what about Jarrell? Yeah? Wow, wow. Oh no, I was just saying that he's I was like, okay. Just making sure. Cause no 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 no. I've seen you go through too much mm. to have people now try to go and give their own baseless theology. These are people that don't have two sinks in their kitchen and they want to talk about whether or not somebody is gay. If you are going to follow Leviticus, follow the whole thing. Mm. Follow the whole thing. That includes you men. If your brother's wife is to die, Burr just marry her. (laughs) Burr just marry her there. It's biblical. (laughs) Yeah, this this is what I want. Okay, so... The biblical thing, our mm. experience of church, God, like, talk to me a little bit. Because all of this is about that, isn't it? It's about... Yeah. Like, that's one of our main... Our main unifiers. It really is, like, our experience of God it's and the really church. It's to our friendship. Black church in particular, black yeah. church context. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> please, tell I me a bit. I got stories. Please. I got stories. Okay, so, um, I am a confirmed Anglican. Yes. Look at that confirmed i can have bread and wine in the church from when i was nine years old i'm in the book of anglicans yes but in nigeria we're presbyterian because it was the church of scotland that came to come and minister to the people i mean they did good so let me not cast them too much they did they did and then my mom's my mom (laughs) sorry sorry my mom flirted with um you know leaving the organized church she um we started attending a notorious uh brazilian church who had a satellite branch in southport that was the first time i had ever seen anybody get delivered in my life there was this woman who was only possessed when she wore a red skirt a wow. particular crushed velvet red wow, skirt. That's... That was when the devil would worry her. God. So me, in my young age, I was like, okay, but why doesn't she just change her clothes? Like, <laughs> if she changes her clothes, she won't be possessed. That church was on a madness, was on a serious madness. So we left that. Um, and then Sundays, we didn't go to church for a while. Because mm. my mum was just over it. And our Sundays were consist of cleaning and Hollyoaks. And then um, my mum started attending a Pentecostal church, which was really like, I I, want to say that's when I started taking my faith more seriously. And I decided, I was very happy there, um, but I decided there's got to be more life than this. And that's when I stumbled upon a particular elevated church. (laughs) Those of you that know, know. Like... I don't, I don't, Shout out Tottenham Court Road. Tottenham <clears throat> Court Road and various other satellite branches now. They're just colonising everywhere anyway. I so I started attending that church and I'm not going to rubbish it because I have made amazing friendships from that church and it was good things. Like, they do good things. It's just... Mm, anyway. That... I don't want to say that it is... But there are things that I experienced in that church that don't make sense to me. And was that you, like, thinking, I know what I believe God to be, and Mm -hmm. I'm seeing this, and this doesn't marry up? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think because... Which I can relate to. Yeah, and I think because of the kind of church, Pentecostal church that I went to before, Mm. was very, very... When it came to biblical, even the fruits of the Spirit and stuff like that, they were very bang on. 
about teaching, not just you should speak in tongues, but what the actual history mm. of speaking in mm. tongues is and what the actual thing of Pentecost is. It wasn't just, yeah, this is worship, must be life, kids. I mean, with, with that elevated church, it literally became my life. And I don't know anybody else who that did not happen to. Yeah. All of my friends were from there. And we knew a lot of gay people there, didn't we, in terms of... I who... knew a lot of gay people there, and I knew a lot of gay people that were harassed there. Right. And bullied there. And who lived and who this lived... really difficult life of being, of being gay, but also not mm-hmm. able to be out, but yeah. you were allowed to be on stage because you came no, with your... No, no, no. Some, artistic... some of them were not allowed to be on stage. The top ones. Some of them were not... <laughs> if you were... Um, not at all. Some of them were not allowed to be on stage. What they did was they had the um, worship team that were on stage and mm. then they had the backing singers. Now, the thing is, it's not just... It, the sexuality thing... I'm not even going to say the sexuality was the reason why this person wasn't on stage. Mm. But it's a very image-focused church. Everything yeah. is how it looks. How does it? How does the outside world perceive us? We want to be attractive so that more people would come. Like it's actually quite. Uh, and yet, the the leader of that organization, when it comes to talking about race, didn't see, I have used to defend that to man. I used to defend that man and say it wasn't him; it was the people around him. And obviously, as attending that church, I can say that you could have a conversation with him. He'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you. If there's something in his preaching that you mm. might not agree with, mm. he is fine. To have that conversation and sure. be like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but this is why I said such and such and such, and this is how it relates biblically. But on like, race. It was always like that. I will get to that. <laughs> but it was the people around him, the psychopaths. Don't you ever question what he said. No, you don't understand what he meant. And suddenly, but he said that. I go, don't ask him. It was a, accept what is being said. Don't question anything. And that's not healthy. Of course not. Now, really. on the whole race aspect... I don't know why people were acting surprised if I'm 100% honest with you because if you know anything about that church, they have a large young black population. Mm -hmm. A lot of the population of that church are so susceptible to being profiled by the police. They're from areas that have high levels of crime, gang violence, and I understand with their youth groups and everything, they have saved a lot of kids from that. So to me, the fact that you know that this is the role that your your church plays in this and you say nothing, you come out with that bullshit statement. And then again, you've got people who aren't black mm. being apologists for him, being like, we forgive you. Who the fuck said it was your forgiveness in the first place? Why is it that people always feel like they can co-opt the black struggle when it suits them? That's problematic on so many levels. It is problematic on so so many many levels. levels. And when black congregation members in that church are telling you, well, no, actually, this is how we feel. Well, the Bible says we should forgive. The Bible also said that you should marry your dead husband's (laughs) you know, wife. But I don't see any of you doing that. I don't see anyone that... But, so I left church... I left church after that. I don't blame you. But my mother, my mother stayed in church for a bit, you know, bless her. She said to me one day, Melissa, do you want to come with me somewhere? I was like, okay, road trip. This is such a common experience of being taken to church by like yes, family members generally. Yes, yes. As a kid. So she did not tell me what I was walking into. She did not tell me anything about what I was walking into. The very moment, it was at the XL, so you can see where this is going. The very moment we arrive in there, one auntie takes me by my hand, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't enter here with your hair showing. I said, eh? 
She said, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't. You can't enter here with your... We, we are here for prayer. You cannot wow. enter here with your hair show. I looked at my mom and said, Mommy, why did you bring me here? And she's like, no, 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 no. That is my mom. That wouldn't get us McDonald's because there's rice at home. Now we're and purchase this ugly, ugly looking head wrap because this is how these churches get you. Oh. Okay, you didn't come with your head wrap. We have them here for the low, low price of $6.99. My mom went and bought me this orange head wrap. I walk into the room and it is a bunch of aunties just going at it. Like power press. Oh, you no. walk in there just... Dah, 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 dah. I was like, ah! Wow! Die, 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 die. Die, 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 Who's die. meant to die? D the devil now. Okay. All wow. your problems. Die. Sometimes you just have to confirm <laughs> this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just saying it to Literally. each other. Die, die. Or, or their enemies, like. So there was one. God. I think there was. Uh, uh, was there a man there leading it? So there was one auntie. She's like, Father God, Father God, we are gathered here today because the devil has come to steal our joy and we're not steal it anymore. I have said every evil strong man patrolling my compound die in the name of Jesus. And wow. all the aunties are all getting hyped. They're all dead. Die, 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 die. It was the scariest looking thing I have ever seen. These aunties that will never exercise in their life. I understand where they get the energy to beat their kids from. Because it's literally the hand movement. Ooh, ooh, da, 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 da. Very worrying thing. And that is what Nigeria is for. Do you think that's of. all rooted in a fear of the devil or not? Do you think that's... Is it irrational? It's not irrational when you look into um, the way that cultures make sense of the mm. world. Like... It might be the one area of their life they can actually try to control, right? Is the, yeah. the spiritual sense of... But what's funny is, like, they will tell you God is in control, but your <laughs> your kids are sleeping in the Excel to go and do dad, dad, <laughs> but God is in control. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, what did that do to you, though, experiencing that as a kid? I was like, ah, ah. Did it make you scared? No, because I already told you about Red Skirt. Okay. Red skirt scared me, okay. and then afterwards it's just I think change your skirt. But was that was that <laughs> was that attractive Christianity? Oh, interesting. How did you or how are you going to prevent yourself from? I don't know, you know, because that die becoming has, an auntie like that. Listen, die die has its <laughs> it has its virtues and benefits. I will not lie to you. There are sometimes when I have been so angry about things that have happened in my life mm. and die die has come in handy so it's actually Father formed God, your own those people that have taken my job let them die oh in jesus name die by fire die 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 yes i've mocked all of them all of those people that tried to steal my joy die in jesus name it has its place wow of course i take it back because <laughs> People are praying for people to die in Jesus' name. No, they're is... dying. They're praying for their obstacles to you die. See, if is... that obstacle has a face, now so be it. Wow. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that they have their place. Like, when I think that you have to come to God as you are. Yeah. And if you are angry in that situation and you're busy there doing, oh, Father God, um, thank you for my struggles and pain. Praise God. God, God's not stupid. Like, he knows you're vexed. So there's part of you that thinks that in terms of prayer, we really have to come to God honestly, right? I, 100%. I think in all things that you do, you have to come to God honestly. And like, do you think that church sometimes forces you to kind of wear a mask? 100%. And it, how do you get rid of that? It's your choice to stay in church <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> it's your choice to stay there. I knew that I couldn't be who I am 
and remain in certain Christian spaces. Mm. Like I couldn't. What I mm. found in most of those churches, bar one, was that I I'm a person that questions everything mm. i want to know okay if i'm doing this why am i doing this okay but he said this and i feel like a lot of modern evangelical churches don't want people that question things they don't want free thinkers they want everybody to just accept what the pastor's regurgitating at them except well the bible says that you should tithe so you should tithe when they're not really explaining why god told the malachites to tithe in the first place there was a motherfucking flood coming okay if they did not go and leave things in that storehouse they would have just died there so god in his infinite wisdom was like oh yeah malachi so this thing is coming i can't stop it but i want to test your face small small so a tenth of all the grain all the things you earn just go and leave it in the storehouse and when that flood comes you'll see how majestic i am that is why god said god did not say give 10 percent of your salary so that pastor can send his children to private school and that's a problem i think Thank that's one you. of the things that makes church extremely unattractive to how, lots of people how is your is, pastor living seven sacks bra- brackets above you when you you you're you're struggling your prayer request is forever god increase my load god increase my load when god is giving you the wisdom to mm. be like listener look at what your pastor is doing you're not you're not being discerning that people want to speak in tongues people want to prophesy what people don't want is discernment because discernment actually gives you responsibility i have shown you discernment gives you responsibility it gives you responsibility and i feel like modern christianity or religion as a whole just wants to absolve or people want to absolve themselves of responsibility by hiding behind the facade of religion well you know god is in control yes god is in control but that does not mean don't pay your light bill Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean Mm. when people will be like oh i don't have money for the light bill but i I will tithe i will give to god my last when god is not a god of stupidity he's a god of common sense if you don't tithe this one time out of the god knows how many times you've been tithing am i going to strike you down no Pay your bill. But that's a that's a legit fear that a lot of us have lived with. It's going back to the sexuality thing. Mm-hmm. Of we live with the idea that if we don't go to church on Sunday, we break, we lose our virginity before marriage, or we turn out to be gay. That God might actually, and I suppose it's only life that teaches you slowly. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, so like I've messed up a few times, and I still haven't been struck dead yet. So maybe this God I'm so scared of doesn't actually operate like that. I think what happens is the, oper- is the, the opposite, opposite of what you're saying is <laughs> oh that, God. oh, and I've done all of these things. I haven't been struck down yet. But I might. Oh, yeah, let me do some muffins. Oh, Literally. I'm not, I'm not dead. Wow. <laughs> Are you dead? Okay. You see. But, <laughs> you know, um, I think it takes, I'd say for myself personally, it took me coming out of church and having a horrible mm. 2011 a disgusting 2016 and even worse 2018 to really understand who god is Mm. and what Mm. he plays what role he plays in my life Mm. and i feel like if i had been in church i would have done what other people are doing i would have tithed everything Mm. i would have gone to every midnight mass i would have gone to every i would have camped out at the excel to come and meet god to end my suffering 
because that is where my mind would go if i do more if i say more if i pray more if i do all of this then maybe god will increase and god just doesn't work like that mm. it just doesn't work like that and this is what i mean about discernment discernment he will give you the answers but a lot of the times it's not what we want to hear and it's not what we want to deal with so we push that to the side till things get really really bad and then we turn into psalms my god my god why have you forsaken me oh god my fields are barren my wife is dead but i will praise you still <laughs> that's a mixture of so many things <laughs> i know <laughs> but including jesus from the cross but anyway that is i can say it in i'm i'm right yeah. <laughs> i'm just jealous <laughs> don't have my linguistic skills oh my god sorry yeah you're you're writing um yes. there's something that Roxanne gay says in a memoir of my body she says i buried the girl i had been because she ran into all kinds of trouble. Yeah. I tried to erase every memory of her, but she is still there, somewhere. She is still small and scared and ashamed, and perhaps I am writing my way back to her, trying to tell her everything she needs to hear. What does the younger you need to hear? And is your writing kind of a cathartic way of writing back to her? Okay, the first thing I would say is to my younger self, go home. Yep. Just go home. <laughs> No good will come out from you not going home. <laughs> Your house is there. He will leave you. Oh, wow. He will disgrace you. Oh, wow. He will embarrass you. God. He will forsake you. Your home has central heating. <laughs> Go home. That's a lot. It's a lot, but it's the truth. As for my writing, I don't think I'm writing to her because she was a dickhead. Okay. You knew her, so you I know. did know her, and She's, I can confirm a lot yes, of this. Yes, she was a dickhead. <laughs> so no, I don't need to write to her. She needs to stay where she is in the past. <laughs> fair, fair. One of the things you wrote in lockdown was mm. called Negro Fatigue. Oh, yes. And in it, you say that for many of you, talking to the people you're writing mm-hmm. to, it has been an exhausting two weeks. For me, it has been an exhausting two decades. The conversations I have had with my friends who are black have varied from reparations to edge control. Not a single one of the conversations has echoed surprise that yet another unarmed black man was murdered for no reason. What is surprising is that the world took notice this time. And when I say the world, I mean white people of a certain class demographic. We have echoed surprise that it took the world to more or less shut down for our experiences with racism to be validated despite the history of oppression globally towards black people. We have spoken about how the terms BAME and POC are reductive, especially when a large percentage of us have experienced extreme racism from people that are not white. Personally speaking, the first instance of racism I ever experienced was from two Asian girls who didn't want to, and I quote, play your stupid black people games. The same girl also began to chant blacky blacky when I went to slap her up. Black people are aware of what some members of the Asian community refer to us as. We already know you've been told not to marry black people. We already know what you think of us when you sell us our hair and food products. We know. We discussed how we are consistently compared to other successful immigrant communities and people don't understand why we just can't be like them. The truth is you really have to look at the way that lightness is celebrated to understand that darker skinned people globally are comparatively not given the same opportunities to be socially and economically stable. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading this and thinking, gosh, this is like Negro fatigue. Yeah, I feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about the whole colorism thing and the role that that plays? Like in Jamaican culture, it's big. Mm-hmm. It's big. If you're high yellow, like mm-hmm. you're praised, it's a beautiful thing. If you're from St. Elizabeth, you're light. Anywhere else you're darker, you're seen as being less important, less intelligent, yeah. less desired. I, I've met quite a few people from St. Elizabeth. <laughs> you see? It's a mentality. <laughs> right. But in terms of what you talk about here, what like tell us a bit about that, about writing that and I called it as I see as I saw it. Sure. Because sure. it, it is the the fact it doesn't I mean the people don't even necessarily have to be black because you can go into a place like India and it's the same thing. Sure. Colorism is huge there. Absolutely huge. In Nigeria, I would like to say, I mean, it plays a role, definitely, mm. but I don't think, I mean, women bleach, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're bleaching for, I, it, it's different. Okay. I, I can't, I, I don't know if I have the words to really, really articulate, it makes sense in my head, mm. but I would say in Nigeria, yes, people bleach, they have always bleached. And they'll continue to bleach because there is this thing. I don't even think it's the such the thing as fairness as attractiveness. It's fairness as wealth. Okay. If yeah, that yeah. makes sense. No, it does. It does. Whereas, I mean, a dark-skinned woman in Nigeria is not necessarily going to be treated less than mm. because mm. than a light-skinned woman. Sure. At the end of the day, sure. that dark-skinned woman has money. She's good. If that makes sense. Um, but some of the racism in terms of how you think black people have been treated around the world yeah. and skin colour like the thing I feel I feel you're saying in that piece is that racism is much more complicated than we yeah. accept sometimes yeah because I think people just see racism as you know oh I don't like this person based on their skin colour and I don't think people actually realise how deep the levels are even mm. when you look at a country like Jamaica of course of course, colorism is going to be a huge thing there. It's the legacy of slavery. Yeah, sure. With the whole field and house. Mm. The closer you were to whiteness was the closer you were to acceptability, the closer you could even be mm. around whiteness. Mm. If you were dark skinned, you couldn't even put, I mean, you are responsible for why them motherfuckers have a table, but you can even sit or even place food at their table mm. because you're dark now that goes deep right that goes deep course, because yeah. then you're raising obviously you get mulatto communities where you've got mixed people mixing with other mixed people and because they have been given more social mobility than darker skinned people they're of the impression that they are better mm. and that by you mixing with darker people you are now lowering your own status which creates you know but they are inferior to white people mm. if that makes sense mm. white people as much as they did the classification and everything at the end of the day you were still a nigger mm. it doesn't mm. matter hence why we have things like the one drop rule that the one drop yeah. rule is not a thing that was meant to be celebrated it really wasn't. If you had one drop of black in you, you were black, mm. which meant that you couldn't get to certain places. You couldn't sit in certain places. If you could pass, yeah, that's fine. But there is a nigger in that closet somewhere. Mm. The one, imagine the one drop rule. If you have one drop of black in you, you're black. 
and that means that we can discriminate against you and people don't want to act like racism is an issue yeah it's crazy it's crazy it is a lot so who inspires you in terms of writing my Angelou mm -hmm. just because of the poetic nature in which she writes I love it it's like a stream of consciousness almost like mm. you can hear her reading off but it's a stream of consciousness but the words are very purposeful sure sure it's purposefully done that way Roxanne Gay obviously um ooh Zadie Smith okay yeah my favourite 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 book ever in fact the year is nearly done and I need to read it um on beauty right yeah. I just oh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is I just love that book um I have a lot more but I would say that my reading has decreased because the job I work just is too serious that I just don't even have time no, I just, just want to watch TV I want to watch my ignorant shows and, and chill out oh, yes I'm tired I'm tired <laughs> of everything being discourse and that's been a, a like repetitive theme in this conversation and I feel like it's like I can relate to that I feel extremely tired as well and I think that's that's one of the marks of being black at the moment is mm -hmm. we're exhausted because mm -hmm. of the emotional cost of trying to live and survive in a world which doesn't want us to breathe yeah, the mo the or be joyful. The emotional labour is too much. It really is. Hence why it's I think lot. I've just made a decision that I can't do everything. I can't. I can't. I don't want to read this think piece on why this... <laughs> this phenotype of hair is more superior and why they blew up the nose of the sphinx like honestly i just want to watch my real housewives with my popcorn and live my life i want to listen to my music and live my life it's perfect mm. one last question for you yes who is jesus to you oh jesus is my friend he's got my like it's just I think people spent so long trying to demystify and decodify who Jesus is and they just don't accept that Jesus is if that makes sense like he, he's whatever you need him to be for you mm -hmm. and I think when people are all studying and all again like they're doing that for your own benefit just as a your job <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been good to speak to you. Yeah, that's nice. And include the links to my writing because I want to change jobs. So right. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I'll I'll add them into the. Yeah. No. Just put it into the advert. If anybody is interested in hiring a poor black writer, please do so. There we go. Ease your conscience. We can find you on Medium. We'll do that. I'll add the links. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>